This is Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. In today's episode, we're going to talk about partner marketing. Here to speak with me is Ty DeGrange, who is the founder and CEO of Round Barn Labs, a growth marketing agency based in Austin, Texas. Ty has 19 years of data-driven acquisition marketing experience and 17 years in affiliate marketing, growing startups and Fortune 500 companies specifically in e-commerce and direct-to-consumer. Ty, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Now, Ty, before we, before we start talking about partner marketing, tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. How did you get started in your career and what led you to founding Ron Barn Labs? Thank you so much. Yeah, so I uh, grew up on a working ranch in Northern California and uh, went to UC Santa Barbara. After that, I got lucky enough to uh, stumble into performance marketing and direct response marketing. I think I was a self-proclaimed history nerd. And years ago, prior to digital's expansiveness that it is now, uh, history majors were kind of... Uh, told to go into teaching or law and maybe one or two other fields. And uh, fortunately, I d didn't have to be pigeonholed. I had a very strong interest in law and, and political science in, in my college years. And as I, as I evolved in my career, I got to find a very interesting uh, DR-based uh, performance uh, company down in Southern California where I learned a ton about Uh, placing buys on digital, print, audio, TV. And then um, a few years after that, I got to a Sequoia back startup that was one of the first ad networks about oh, 17 years ago. And so that really kicked things off. I got hooked by the startup bug. I got hooked by Silicon Valley. Um, I got hooked by the constant changing nature of things and got to learn so much. And so for me, that was the, that was the real exciting part. Um, how I started RBL around Barn Labs um, after being in a number of those roles, I, people kept coming to me saying, Hey, how do I do this? How do we do it better? I would actually, uh, hire agencies in my in-house roles myself and notice opportunities to improve upon, you know, service pricing, offering, et cetera. And so, uh, I was, I was lucky to kind of know that one of my roles was, was winding down. They were, uh, winding down our satellite office from afar and, I had a few months of prep, and so I was able to kind of say, you know, now's the time, and now no time like the present. So it was born out of necessity, and it has evolved a lot since its uh, founding about nine years ago. Awesome. Now, what does partner marketing, or what do you do with partner marketing at Ron Barn Labs? Yeah, so at Ron Barn Labs, you know, we've we've always taken a kind of growth view of things, which can can you you know anyone can use growth as a business when you think about the ability to grow with viral marketing or through content or sales where we sit is under the realm of paid marketing and there you have your search your social your programmatic but affiliate uh is a little different and, and partner marketing is a little different i kind of view partner marketing as uh, a way to really uh, work with a trusted partner to drive a particular outcome and as simple as that can be. And it's a bit more relationship based, but it has a lot of the data. And for example, you could have a partner be an affiliate that happens to be a media buyer that 
will run on Google, Meta, and TikTok at, on a performance basis. You might have an influencer that is on Instagram that is maybe doing a flat fee placement with a little bit of a cost per action, maybe a gift. So they can, be, they can range the, the channels, they can range the payouts. The partners can be a number of things. A lot of people might think of it as like performance PR. So it's not necessarily just a channel. It's almost like a way of uh, creating outcomes from the right incentives. So you partner marketing is equals affiliate marketing. Is that a fair statement? I think that I, yeah, it's a, that's a, that could be debatable, right? I think that partner marketing probably is a little bit broader in that. Um, but I, I, I often use them interchangeably. It's often simpler for people to just think of them as the same thing. I think that, With partners, I think you can kind of get into realm of influencer a bit more. I think there's oftentimes internally in Fortune 500s and other, other organizations that are more involved, they have full-fledged partnerships team. They're looking at integration. They're looking at brand-to-brand -brand partners. Mm -hmm. And I think once you get into that realm, you know, I've heard people kind of talk about affiliate as partner light. And I think, I think partners can be a larger umbrella with affiliates under it if you really want to get into the detail. But often in terms of our work and how we view it and what we bring to the table for clients, it's often like, hey, these are very similar mechanisms. We can do them for you. And so a lot of times, as you probably know, uh, the work we do is to simplify things for folks and not necessarily make it more complicated. Okay. Okay. Now, why should companies think about partner marketing? Why does it matter? Great question. Um, so for me, it's... And I think a number of data points have proven this out. A number of people have mentioned this and, and lived through this, but it is the most un misunderstood uh, and most underrated performance marketing channel. It can easily make up 10, 20, even 30% of your revenue if it's managed appropriately. It's really uh, one that I think a lot of people attempt to run And they fall into so many little traps around it, or they don't necessarily have the right staff on it, the right time and resource on it, the right budgeting for it. But if it's managed well, it can go really well for the right type sized brands. And it's becoming, I think, a lot more important and exciting and, and growing because of you've seen Google and Meta kind of eat up the ecosystem. People want to get away from that reliance. Mm -hmm. The price points there are not always within their control or too high, depending upon where you are in the time of year. Uh, so you get a diversification opportunity. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a really good uh, opportunity to, to, to kind of diversify and help improve your overall mix in a big way. Where are the core differences between partner marketing and affiliate marketing? Yeah, I mean, for me, I would say I would I would include influencer. It's it, influencers become quite large, and I would say that if you if you include that under the umbrella of partner, I think that can help kind of uh, clarify some of the misunderstanding around the channel. Uh, I think it would also include under partner marketing things like. Um, brand-to-brand -brand collaborations, okay, um, yep. right? I think it, it kind of goes beyond your typical site that's promoting a, you know, publisher site that's promoting a, an advertiser. It, it could be advertiser to advertiser. It could be 
it could be it could unlock a partnership that is not a typical advertiser, you know, advertiser retailer to content publisher kind of typical partnership. It could it could be more dynamic. It could be different than that. It could be heck even a complementary, you know, publisher. It could be a number of different things. So that that's kind of where there's a lot of overlap between the two, but yeah. but they're kind of different. Interesting, interesting. I would have almost thought it's kind of like an overarching term partner marketing because what you mentioned in regards to brands working together like you know sponsoring email newsletters or things like that or there's a kind of a complementary service that you can offer your clients you know you're using a crm system you're having a partnership with a crm company and you know those kind of things are very familiar for me from a partner marketing perspective i hadn't heard that you would put influencer marketing which i see as kind of a separate solution and affiliate marketing under one but when when people think about how how they can use partner and that's what in the end what it's all about how they can use partners to grow their revenue or grow their business um, where do these people get it wrong when they start the journey of identifying who they can work with yeah I, a great great question so the the pool of talent of people that know the influencer and partner marketing space and affiliate space is not massive so yes it can be learned yes it can be trained but you've got to have somebody that at least is willing and able to learn it or knows it. That's step one. Another piece is the, the the allocation of time around it is is you know if you're not doing that work internally of, of setting up a proper you know, program which we can get into, you've got to have somebody doing it externally to help you. So it's it's doable and and I think that's why it lends itself to being outsourceable. But you've got to you've got to be able to invest in that. The other pitfall I see is that people try to apply paid social paid search principles to it. And it doesn't really behave that way. You can't just sit back, pop up, set up an ad in a, in a share sale or an impact or a CJ, run an offer, click start and watch the money and customers come in like you can with Google and, and Meta. You've got to actively manage these platforms. They're not at all like programmatic. I, I think there's a long list of kind of the pitfalls that people run into, but those are some initial ones that I see. Interesting. Now, we, we are performance marketers, right? And everything we do, we spend money, we like to see what the impact is of that. Um, so how do you measure the success of partner marketing? Yeah, a great question. So fortunately, it's highly measurable, you know, with, with pixel tracking, with API, um, with batch tracking, utilizing platforms like Impact, um, we can see and run tests uh, programs on the attribution side like Northbeam and others can be compatible to ensure that, hey, it is what it what we set, it, set out to do. We can appropriately attribute revenue, traffic, clicks to this partner ID and to this channel. And so... From our side, it's kind of required and needed to to be able to prove out. Uh, going back to my original comment, you know, it, it can often be your most efficient CAC, ROAS, or MER, depending on your measurement uh, channel of, of all your performance marketing efforts. It's not going to move as quickly. Uh, it's not going to stop on a dime like programmatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't a start-stop because it's relationship-based. It is something where you need to kind of wind down and provide heads up and and, and there's things that you can do to accelerate it, but um, but fortunately, it is quite measurable, and and that is something that's been a kind of a key element of it for a while. 
Yeah. And I think that what made in the, in the past and even these days, affiliate marketing or partner marketing so interesting, right? There usually is a limited amount of investment required to get that started. At least, you know, when we run paid search totally. or programmatic or paid social, you got to put a good amount of money down in order to achieve results, right? If your product is more expensive, you have to put on more because it costs more to find a seller or a buyer for that. With this, it's something, you know, if, if you identify partners, whether they are influencers or other companies that, that, that are willing to promote or offer your products or service, you might, as you said earlier, be able to negotiate a cost per sale, for example, or percentage of revenue exactly. generated, exactly. Deal, which basically... You know, it can help companies that are relatively young to, to get started, you know, to build awareness, but at the same time, get sales. And with that in mind, how do you approach partners and influencers for them also to take the air quotes risk to take a newer brand on? Because, you know, they're only making money if people pick up the product or the service, right? And if they're not so known, if they're completely new, it could be in a little bit of an uphill battle. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think that's kind of where where we have value and benefit and buying power and relationships that can really help, you know, partners are going to look at a number of factors. They're going to look at the brand. They're going to look at the value prop. They're going to look at the pain points that it's solving for the customer. They're going to look at conversion rate. They're going to look at average order value, not dissimilar than a, you know, understanding our strategy or competitive analysis for another channel, right? Earnings per, per click, EPC or earnings per hundred click, something that often comes up. They want to know what's typically derived from a partnership like the one they're about to enter into. The thing that we help with is, is kind of adding a little bit of that color commentary around it. Like, hey, this is a brand that's really growing. This is a really responsive team. This is a part, This is an advertiser brand partner that's willing to pay out bonuses if certain milestones are reached over time. You know, hey, oh, you want to get a really interesting semi-exclusive offer from them that they you've seen them do in the past let's let's ask for that at some point or or now so there's a lot of like i think there's a level of creativity in the negotiation that's really exciting with with partner marketing with influencer marketing with, with affiliate marketing that doesn't exist in other performance marketing channels and i think that's where you get to kind of lean into some of the the human elements, but also supported by the data. And I, I think that's often where we can see it, where we can make it sing, where, where we can see Here's it. What I found. That sounds a bit like too good to be true. It's like no risk, but a lot of upsides. But what are your thoughts? On <laughs> the great question. It's definitely, definitely has risk, right? Like I think another misnomer is that it's only paper action. There's definitely an upfront. There's a huge upfront investment from the, the team building, the team working on it, the agency building it out. There's, heck, there's a huge upfront investment even in taking on an existing program. The, the amount of cleanup that, that is to be done and, and oftentimes looking at an existing program, not always, but often. So it's, it's absolutely not a, a slam dunk. It's, a, it's never always the right fit, you know, um, there's oftentimes partners that have grown to a size and value that they're charging pretty high rates in their own right on getting placement just to start a relationship with them. And then also that paper, you know, uh, sale or paper revenue action afterwards. So if it's managed well part is always the challenging thing, right? Because it does take, a, it, it is a labor intensive channel. You know, you're talking about 
setting up, validating, getting creative, making sure tracking is in place, going out and recruiting tens, hundreds, maybe thousands of partners, but then the the managing and policing of them afterwards. You know, there uh, a bunch of stuff has gone wrong in the history of affiliate marketing that we that we've seen firsthand and we've seen others go through. Um, when I was at eBay Internet Marketing back in the you know years ago, they actually went so far as to prosecute violators of fraud. Uh, that's how big and bad it got. Mm-hmm. I think there's been a lot of legitimacy brought into the industry and better visibility and quality and tracking and, and higher quality partners in terms of the sites that you're associated with. But there's still bad actors and, and there's fraud in a lot of digital channels, unfortunately. But in affiliate, I think it got a particularly bad rap for good reason. And we keep a close eye on that. There's... Uh, you know, you have to really watch and monitor the duration and the time between certain activities. We use a lot of combination of tooling in terms of on what's on top of the network solutions to make sure that fraud's mitigated. So I appreciate that. I like that conversation question. It's one that yeah. is important. Yeah, because I mean, in the end, it's supposed to add additional value, not take off sales that would have happened anyway. So, you know, if you have the the, the, the code sites, right? Where you, where you get your 10% additional off and the, the person is at, at the, the point of checkout, right? And it's like, enter your code. It's like, I mean, I do it too, right? And you go and it's like, oh, let's see if I find a code that gets me X percent off or whatever. I mean, would I convert it without that code? Probably because I'm literally at the last point, right? So it's not really adding value to that. And I know that's more an affiliate issue. You know, but it's as an example, those are the issues that, that, that you have to think about, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so we're, we're always counseling and cautioning and helping brands through that challenge of like, okay, well, if we're going to offer a code or if we're going to offer a discount, we got to get the unit economics really right. We've got to really be eyes wide open about what value that partner brought. Are we really me- are we measuring the quality downstream of those activities effectively? Are we getting a percentage of new customers coming through those those channels? So it's such a funny deal where it's such a it's it's such an easy thing to slap it on and say, well, I'm doing affiliate marketing and we've got our codes out and we're paying people and we're tracking it all and here's the numbers and it's like it's so easy to get a false signal if you're not really like looking at it properly and so we very careful about you know the toolbar options it's not that it's not that they're wrong or bad or need to be thrown out but you've got to really if you do work with them you got to really monitor you got to really be you got to really make sure they're bringing value you got to really measure their quality downstream price them right all that really matters and so um it's it's so true yeah that reminds me of back in the days in in europe when you had a lot of search affiliates that would just spam Google and then what happened is if the if the brand did not police this all of a sudden you as the brand paid a lot of money for your brand term because the only thing they bought were brand terms because they were cheap in Europe you didn't have any any issues to do that and it inflated the cost for for client massively till you know agency started to say look this this makes no sense you're literally paying way too much for these sales that you would get anyway you know so this this adding value is, I think, a very important part in the entire course. Uh, the, the search arbitrage game in the early 2000s was off the charts. Right. I mean, if you, you could 
you could be an affiliate rather quickly. And, and it, it's just, I think it's completely reined in on so many levels uh, for the organic as well as paid, but, but absolutely it was out of control in some instances, even prior to eBay as a commission junction, you'd see it with a number of brands. You'd have to really, it's amazing how many brands don't even have a proper policy in place oh. now. And it's like, this, this was sorted out 20 years ago. Let's, let's help <laughs> you get, get back to uh, reality here. Yeah. Now, when you get started with a new client, where do you, where do you begin partner marketing with, with that particular client? What are the first things you're doing? Yeah. I mean, I think we, we oftentimes there's, how do we, how does this fit in or not fit into their existing mix? Right. How far along are they, uh, you know, from a product market fit, overall budget, conversion rate perspective, are they getting retention in their business? Like some of those foundational things I enjoy kind of getting dialed in on and, and knowing that if a brand's already there, you know, then for us, it's, it's really about, uh, you know, getting into things like ICP and segments and knowing, okay, well, what can we learn from their data? Uh, either through Google Analytics, or other tools, uh, what can we learn through looking at their existing program? If they have one, if they don't, how would we kind of build it, build that out one step at a time? We we want to look at forecasts for our, from now until the next you know twelve months forward looking. We would want to look at kind of like a 30, 60, 90 day plan of like these are the, these are the big deliverables we're going to be you know getting out the door on those timelines. You know, for us, it's it's also about like having a nice diverse portfolio of partners. So we can go out and get the top 100 that kind of exist in our world from a, Hey, this is who, who are going to generate the most revenue perspective, but we, we're going to, we're going to make sure that that lines with the brand and the brand guidelines and uh, the North star metrics we've outlined and talked about. And, and, you know, how much of it can we, you know, do we need to accelerate based on needs of the brand? You know, like, like I got, like I shared earlier, it's not, going to be as fast of a ramp up as a uh, search or social. So you've got to kind of set those expectations. Say, mm -hmm. Are we okay with this level of growth with this type of efficiency? If not, here's what we can do about it. So a lot of that build is important. The other, the other, maybe the most important piece is, you know, affiliate and partner marketing gives you the chance to kind of recruit and, and harness like an army of, of marketers at your disposal. So mm -hmm. You've got to feed the relationships with, you've got to feed them with the basic data. You've got to give them great creative, competitive payout, landing page offer and offers so often overlooked. You know, it, it, you don't want to just send them to any destination, you know, just like other levers you need to. Oftentimes you'll kind of, once a partnership becomes larger and more revenue driving, you then invest in some like, hey, let's do something really unique and do maybe a co-branded landing page or something like that. Yes, that doesn't work for all brands. And it, it has to require a lot of skin in the game and investment mm -hmm. from all sides. But even before that, like your page should be really well suited for this, this particular experience, depending upon what channel they're on. Is it a, is it a listicle or a review site or a gift guide? That can really dictate like the type of landing page you want it to be on. So that's that's one of the bigger opportunities I think people miss of, of the thoughtfulness of that and giving giving the partners the ammunition they need to really do a great job for you. I think that's that's huge. Yeah. Now you guys at Round Barn Labs, you focus more on e-commerce 
and direct to consumer um, where I can see this works really well. What about the B2B side? Can you, can you see this working really successfully? And if so, what are your thoughts on this working successfully and how would it work successfully? Yeah, that's a great question. We, we've had some successes in B2B. It's, I'd say it's probably been about 20 or 30% of our business since our history nine years ago. So we, we know the space. It's fascinating. And we're seeing affiliate actually and partner marketing really grow. A lot of interest in this space. Um, a lot of like prosumer and, and enterprise and, and, and mid-market opportunities. I think when a brand in B2B SaaS or B2B is, is quite ubiquitous, quite large, uh, has a good total addressable market, I think it can really uh, be an interesting opportunity and an exciting one. We're seeing brands really take advantage of this and build out full-on what they call partner programs or ambassador programs where they're getting maybe customized gear as, as people get excited about being like an evangelist for the brand, they're, they're repping it and they're talking about it. And maybe they're on YouTube, like doing crazy explanations of software or, or helpful guides for people. Mm-hmm. So as technology has improved, I think B2B has really stepped up as, as a, it could, could very well be the faster growing of the two. Right. I mean, it, it most likely is. It seems to be a, a movement we're, we're noticing. And so I love some of the brands that, that are stepping into this space and, and doing a really good job with it. We're, we're, we're kind of loving our efforts there. It's, it's fun and interesting. And I, I think as long as you kind of can wrap your head around just the different metrics and know, putting yourself in the shoes of the customer and saying, hey, this is a different process. We may have to capture that sign up. We may have to capture what's the quality metric associated with it. And really tying those two together, not just not just focused on one, um, and kind of reorienting. Um, we we have a lot of folks that are dedicated to kind of solving that one, and I, I think it's fun. I think it's interesting. It's it's certainly fast growing, uh, and the need seems to be growing a lot in this space. It's 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 certainly there. Yeah. So for the listeners who who kind of move us up to this point, it's like, man, this sounds interesting. I want to. I might want to find out even more or, or see if this is something for us, but ask, how do I have to pay for the service? As you said earlier, right? I mean, setting up a program, well, it takes a good amount of time because you have to identify partners. You have to manage the partners. You have to make sure that they follow what is set in, in kind of on the onset of the partner program, etc. So how do agencies usually charge, get remunerated for that service? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, typically what we see and, and not um, and how we operate is a, is a retainer model, and then there's some performance incentive tied to that. So not too dissimilar from the search and social side of the world. It's typically a retainer per month basis, a flat fee with like a percentage of sometimes the payout to partners, sometimes the percentage of the revenue. Mm. We kind of prefer the percentage of the revenue because then we're incentivized to grow what, what the client's capturing and not what they're paying out on. Uh, what you pay it on might go down a lot if you're being more efficient. So we want to be aligned more with the brand that way. Yeah. But um, in some cases, we've seen it work. We've seen work uh, in different cases in different ways. And, and that's typically how, how payments are structured there. Perfect. Well, Ty, thank you so much for joining me on the Performance About Podcast and sharing your knowledge on partner marketing. Now, if people want to actually reach out and want to say, hey, Ty, you know, can you help me think through our partner marketing? How can they get in touch? 
Absolutely. I love it. Um, I'm on Twitter quite a bit, but I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me there at Ty DeGrange. You can also check out our site, roundbarnlabs.com. And, and I'd love to uh, hear your questions, concerns, and ideas and uh, see if we can be of, be of help. Wonderful. As always, we'll leave that information in the show notes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like the Performance of that Podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at SymphonicHQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.